balance and self-care and, um, you know, taking your time to be alone with God and listen, taking your time to, you know, serve. And a lot of that gets focused on sort of either spiritual activities like worship and praying that feed us, um, you know, or we think about kind of how much action we can do. And I think sustainability really comes from like that we're doing it together, you know, that we aren't doing it by ourselves. And um, the other, not so long ago, like maybe in the last month, I was, I, I had this weird moment of walking on the street and just feeling like, God, where are you? You know? And because um, sometimes the world does seem so overwhelming, right? Like, where are, where is God in all of this? And I just had this like weird sort of surreal, like, it was like God just like lit up all the people I could see on the sidewalk and they were all these like points of light and God's like, I'm here, right? Like every single person, whether they are, you know, professing faith or not, that's where God is. And um, it, it just made me think of a quote from Thomas Merton and that I just wanted to share this morning because it just really fits. Um, so, at the center of our being is a point of nothingness, which is untouched by sin and by illusion, a point of pure truth, a point or spark which belongs entirely to God, which is never at our disposal, from which God disposes of our lives, which is inaccessible to the fantasies of our own mind or the brutalities of our own will. This little point of nothingness and of absolute poverty is the pure glory of God in us, it is, so to speak, his name written in us as our poverty, as our indigence, as our dependence, as our sonship, daughtership. It is like a pure diamond blazing with the invisible light of heaven. It is in everybody, and if we could see it, we would see these billions of points of light coming together in the face and blaze of a sun that would make all the darkness and cruelty of life vanish completely. I have no program for this seeing. It is only given, but the gate of heaven is everywhere. And I thought, that's the key to sustainability. It's not necessarily trying to find all the right balance of our actions, but it's how we see ourselves and how we see others, you know? If we see ourselves as that light that is only given by God, and we see that light in everyone else, that's how we do it sustainably. It's how, it's our being. It's, it's in our, how we view and see the world. And um, I love this church because, and all these amazing points of beauty that we've had this weekend, because it just points to that, points to that, points to that. It just shows us that's the way. I keep walking that direction. I keep walking towards that light. I keep walking towards this beauty. I keep walking towards this weakness that transforms to strength. I just, yeah. So... I'm just so thankful for this family. Oh, God, this little slice of it. And to me, it just reflects heaven. Like, I just, yeah, last night I was just like, this, this is what heaven is going to be kind of like. It is going to be children running around, throwing water. It's going to be, that would be Gordy's slice of heaven right there. We can all visit it when we want to get wet. It's, yeah, so... Um, I'm, like, totally looking forward to heaven, and you guys make it seem more real. So, yeah.
Um, so this morning, we're going to do Electio. Um, and yeah, I hope this poem is, I think, I think it's the right one for this morning. Um, I think it kind of touches all kinds of things. Um, and so, uh, the, just to remind everyone, I'll, gonna, I'll read it a couple of times. We'll have a minute of silence and just first time you're going to listen for a word or a phrase and then we'll just kind of call them out. Um, and then I'll read it two more, two more times. And then we'll have a little bit longer point of silence and then we'll break into groups and share from the second listening how our life is touched or receive a sensory impression. And then we'll read a couple more times on the third go and listen for an invitation. Sound good? Um, so, this is called Wild Geese um, by Mary Oliver. Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of, body, of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination calls you to the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. I'll read it one more time, just listening for a word. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of body of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination calls to you the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. I'll just give you a minute to listen. Just say out any words that spoke to you.
Okay. Your place, you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees. Heading home again. Your imagination. Meanwhile, your body. more times. This time, listen for how this touches your life today, now, um, and or receive a sensory impression. <coughs> you do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination calls to you the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. So why don't we just, um, yeah, we'll listen a couple minutes and then we'll kind of pull our chairs maybe into groups of three or four. All right, why don't we pull into kind of maybe groups of four or so and share with each other how you touched.
All right. Gathering people back. I hear apparently we're a little behind, so. Can I get your attention, please? <laughs> All right. Um, So I hope everyone liked that poem. Um, I'll read it. I'll just read it like one more time because we're a little going behind. Stop talking. Um, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> How do you politely say, everyone put your lips together now? Um, <clears throat> well, so yeah, we're a little tiny bit behind. So I'll just read it one time and we'll listen for an invitation from God and um, I, um, I like to remind that an invitation can be for the next few days. It's not an invitation to overhaul your whole life in the next couple of days. <laughs> um, okay. So listening for an invitation. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for 100 miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of body of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. Whoever, whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. Calls to you, the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. So I'll just give you a minute to listen.
Um, I would like if we could all share these invitations in our little groups, but we don't really have time for that. So um, I just encourage you to like share with one person, at least one person today, what your invitation would have would be. And uh, yeah, um, I guess we're going to do communion now. So I'll just I'll pray for all of us. Um, Lord, I pray that you would help us to receive our invitations from you. Um, help us to yield to what you're leading us in. Help us to yield to the circumstances of our lives and let them teach us. Thank you that you do not want us to be walking in shame and regret and guilt. Um, Thank you that you are in our bodies and that you are in our loves. Lord, help us to trust that what we love is you, is you, is what you're leading, is your leading in our lives. Help us to, from our finite points of existence, Lord, life can seem very overwhelming and despairing at times. Help us to remember that there is so much life, that the reality that we see and can see is actually um, a fraction of what actually exists in life, that there's at quantum levels so much happening, in space so much is happening. Below the surface of the ocean is so much life we don't ever see. Below the ground is so much life we never see. And that that life is the life that's in us, Lord. And just like a wild goose or a river or a tree is without shame and just is what it is, Lord, help us to be. Help us to just let ourselves be what we are. To be nothing more than who you made us to be and to be nothing less than what you made us to be, God. Because what each of us is 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 a miracle of life and that each of us belongs. We belong to the family of things. We belong to each other. Lord, help us to embrace our belonging. Help us to live without defenses, offering up who we are, without fear. Help us to remember that we are never separate. We are never separate from each other. We're never separate from your world. We're never separate from you no matter what place our heart's in. Yeah, God, we give you our lives, and we give you ourselves as a community, as a tribe. Lord, lead our church, lead this family to be the light that you mean us to be. Amen. Now communion. Thank you, Sandra. So, uh, Kim, how much time do we have? Okay. Twelve. Yeah. Okay. So, for communion this morning, um, I, I I wrote on the the sheets yesterday where we were to characterize our church, I wrote uh, vulnerable, 
but safe, or safe but vulnerable, or something like that. I can't remember the wording of it. So um, I just wanted to uh, be really vulnerable with you guys as, as, as a part of our um, 30th. It's, I think the timing is, is quite significant uh, with the passing of my father. Um, and the last, where this comes from is the last prayer request that my dad gave me as I was, I said, other than the obvious, dad, what do you want me to pray for? And he kind of made this long pause and his finger comes up. We called it the Lagore finger. And he said, Jesus said, my works you will do and greater works because I go to the Father. And he said, that's my prayer. We haven't seen that yet. And I want, I want that to happen. So what we didn't know, I didn't know this till after my dad had passed. My brother has a Persian-Iranian partner named Sharzad. He's been with her for four years. And she and her brother have been incredible uh, providing support for my mom with the onset of dementia, rides to the hospital, visiting her in the manor, visiting my dad. And her father was um, diagnosed with a blood cancer four years ago and was given a similar prognosis as my own father as far as time. This was four years ago. But in January, they were called because he, he, he outlived that, but in January they were called and told from Tehran in Iran that they had now given him one week to live. So she visited my dad at his home in the manor there in Calgary. And this was before my dad's diagnosis with the tumor. And she came to the home, and she told us this story after my father had passed, and she wept as she told this story. But she said, Dad prayed for her <laughs> and for her father. And my brother's name is Kaveh, met him too. And she said she felt the power and the presence of God just fill the room when my dad prayed for her dad. So they went to Tehran to visit him, and something had shifted in his body. So much so that they sent him home from the hospital. And the very day that he went home from the hospital, my dad went in. They diagnosed him with this tumor and did the surgery. 
And she just wept. She told us the story that her dad's home, doing well in Tehran. This was at our little family funeral we had before the big one in Calgary. We videoed the story. It's just an incredible testimony. And someone asked me, is she a believer? I said, yeah. I'm not quite sure what her theology is, but she's a believer. You know, God's tent is so much bigger than ours. You know, Jesus was constantly jumping outside the theological categories and boxes. And that was the heart of my dad. He was constantly crossing boundaries and barriers. And, and he mentored me in that right to the very end. So the last time, the last few times I had with my dad, a lot of it was worship. We just brought a guitar up into the room, pulled it out. My brother and I would take turns singing to my dad. And I, the last time I had with him was on Friday, May the 3rd. And I want to invite you as my church family to share that moment with me. I, sh I shared it a little bit a few weeks ago, but we didn't have it in our proper sound system, so it wasn't very, uh, we couldn't hear it well. It's kind of rest. It's kind of rustic because it. As the last time I sang with my dad, a song came to me. And when I say a song came to me, I'm not saying God gave it to me. It, it, it's in the rough, but it was this, this inspiration. That, came out of that prayer request of my dad's. Remember, I asked him. I said, "What, what do you long for?" And as I was singing, just songs. A lot of this, the song I sang today, we sang at the funeral. That was one of the last. That was the last song I sent him on a, on a, uh, audio file. And my my sister played it to him over and over again on the Sunday before he passed. And so a lot of those songs we sang are recent songs, Hill songs, Bethel, that were really meaningful to him. But I also sometimes reverted to songs that. He taught me when I was a child, and one of them you'll hear on this, this audio file from Psalm 34. Some of you may know it. I will bless the Lord at all times. Um, so I want to invite you into that moment because I felt like there was an open heaven, and we were just on such holy ground between heaven and earth, and... It's just hard to describe. And we're going to play it while we have communion. I think we're doing by intention today. And it'll just play. And you can just think about the invitation that you received during the Lectio today. Um, I think the, words, the, the, the word that the Lord wants to share with us is the story isn't over. The 30th is an important milestone, but our story isn't finished. <clears throat> For each of us, no matter where we are, our story isn't finished. And when Wade played that song last night, this is not the end. <laughs> it just brought me so much comfort. Because <sighs> when they, we buried Dad's urn into the ground, his ashes... 
I know that he's not there, but that's how I knew him. And that's how he loved me, through that body. And it was gone. It felt like it was gone. But we bury as Christians in hope of the resurrection that this is not the end. This is not the end. And we're all in this amazing story, this story that began before VEV, that goes back hundreds and thousands of years through time with God on this rescue mission to bring a family together from every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue. And I believe even the animals and the birds because I'm a St. Francis of Assisi fan. And all dogs go to heaven. And I believe that you and I are part of this amazing big story, and it'll be going on after us. But God has included us in this story. And when Jesus came to the waters of baptism at the Jordan River, John said, what are you doing? I should be baptized by you. Why are you baptizing me? And Jesus said, hey, not only are, are you in my story, but I'm in your story. You get that? We're not only in his story, he's in ours. He's including your story in his story. That's what he did when he was baptized. He said, everything belongs. Everything matters. Wow. So when we have communion, we're just remembering that we're in this. Your story is mine. That's what we've been doing, sharing our We've been exchanging stories, and it's all part of this big story. And God says, your story is my story. And my story is part of your story. So amazing. And what happened? The heavens opened, and this is your word. Believe this. This is all that he asks you to do. Don't have to crawl on your knees for a thousand miles. You don't have to be good. Just believe. Number one, there's an open heaven over you. Number two, God, there is no describing how crazy God is about you, his delight in you. And number three, his spirit is on you and with you. Someone once said, if it seems too good to be true, how do we usually finish that? Probably isn't, right? But the kingdom says, if it doesn't seem too good to be true, it's probably not the gospel. Can I say that again? If it doesn't seem too good to be true, it's probably not the gospel. Because this gospel is so incredible. Just penetrates all the darkness and the crap. So, just want to invite you to the table, this common table. I was telling our beautiful little Gina from Korea today about the Yangban of Korea. Some of them came to Christ back 200 years ago. First martyrs in Korea. And you know why they were martyred? Because when they came to Christ, they realized as the elite, they could no longer 
follow their customs. They had to obey Jesus, which meant to share the table with the poor, share the table with the lower classes, share the table with the broken. And that was the price they paid. It was a social cost to following Jesus. And we've been to that martyr's monument on the Han River. And across the river is the largest church in the world today. Amazing. That's, that's our story. That's our story. And how we live that out is an exciting unfolding that God has for us. So, Lord, we bless these elements today, this bread and this cup, to be the body and the blood of Christ. And we thank you that we're part, through your grace, of this one beautiful body of Christ. We celebrate who we are. So, just invite you to come, just as you normally do. Receive communion and I'll just let Dean play that and uh, uh, God bless you as you receive today. <laughs>